Firstly, I would like to thank Muhammad uh, Ansar, our brother from Bambury, for having the passion to organize this at short notice. It was his endeavor to have something urgently uh, a conference, a small conference like this to be organized, but in my eyes this is not small, this is the beginning of something great. I would like to thank Donald Trump for awakening within us. Of course, I was awakened before because as he said that weeks earlier prior to uh, Mr. Trump's announcement, I we had a a conversation where we wanted to organize something on regarding the history of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and Al-Quds Al-Sharif, the city of Jerusalem. So I would like to thank Donald Trump for reminding us of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and the importance of Al-Quds Al-Sharif. Of course, Donald Trump, someone may say he's, he's not listening to your message. Uh, the idiot, the imbecile, had the nerve to retweet the uh, the videos of uh, Britain first, so I'm sure he watch he has enough time on his hands to watch uh, silly videos. So he he must be keeping his eye out on more serious events like this. <coughs> so with regard to Al Masjid Al Aqsa, weeks ago I was asked what is the most pivotal, most important, most serious. A question, a most serious issue that we have in the Ummah today, in the Muslim nation today, and I said it is the restoration of the sanctity of Al Masjid Al Aqsa. Of course, it's always sanctified. What I mean by this is the custodianship of Al Masjid Al Aqsa under a Muslim authority. This is the most pressing issue of our time. Of course, if Muslims reorganize themselves and what we learn from the past decade is which is what planning prior to action those who partook in the Syrian revolution must have learned this now that the Syrian revolution was a failure because there was no there was no planning enough of angry protests of course i'm not discussing uh, i'm not referring to the protests of the palestinian people no i'm referring to people in this country or anywhere else we are not calling for anger and protests no we are calling for tahtiq planning that the zionist movement for over a hundred years now has been planning and they have set their plan into action. Of course, this 
what we are observing now is their planning action. But the Muslims have not been planning. There is, yes, there is anger, there is frustration. But we know Al-Quran Al-Kareem says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُغَيِّرْ مَا بِقَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ Allah does not change that which is with a people, meaning any state of any people, until they change what is with themselves. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَكُبْ مُغَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنْعَمَهَا عَلَى قَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُ مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala لَمْ يَكُبْ مُغَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً Allah will not change any favor. Uh, in 1967, the city of Al-Quds was under the authority of a Muslim government, the Jordanian government. When they left Al-Quds al-Sharif, not a single bullet was fired in its defense. They did not fire a single bullet in order to defend the city. So this favor that we had, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given them the custodianship of Al-Quds al-Sharif, but they left themselves in 1967. Now it's 2017, exactly 50 years. When the Crusaders took Al-Quds al-Sharif, what, in what year did they take Al-Quds al-Sharif? In 1099. 89. 89. And in what year did Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayubi take the city back? 1177. Yes? So, what did Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayubi achieve and how did he achieve that uh, reconquering? of Al-Quds al-Sharif, it was through planning. The planning of whom? Nuruddin Zangi rahimahullah ta'ala. And when Nuruddin Zangi rahimahullah ascended to power, the Muslim world was divided into many states, like small states fighting one another. Halab, the city of Aleppo, which was desecrated now in the Syrian civil war, was a statelet. Damascus was a state, like small states, each one with its own emir. The emir, the leader, would then pay his oath of allegiance to the khalifa. The khalifa at that time was a symbol of power, a religious authority. But the planning of Nuruddin Zengi ta'ala, was what? Now, many people, when you mention to them regarding the re-establishment of khilafah will only be done through what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَعَدُ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ لَيَسْتَخْلِفَنَّهُمْ فِي الْأَرْضِ Yes, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises those from amongst you who believe and do good actions that he shall make them inheritors of the earth. In the, in the lecture I delivered on Khilafah, when I mentioned this verse, some people were disappointed. They said, we are disappointed that he, he states that the way of re-establishing the Khilafah, the, the Islamic religious authority, 
is through strong iman and good actions. But I said, I deduced this from the verse of the Quran, Al-Quran Al-Kareem, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises those who have strong iman, strong faith, and do good actions, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall make them inherit the earth. That he shall make them khulafa on the earth. This planning of Sultan Nur Din Zengi ta'ala was what? And Jablu Qasyun and the Mount Qasyun, which is in Damascus, he opened numerous Madaris schools where they taught young children the basics of Islam, the basics of Aqidah, belief, the basics of fiqh, jurisprudence, and a purification of the soul when this became widespread those young children grew up to be the army of Sultan Salahuddin al-Ayubi so if you have an army that is nurtured on Arab nationalism an army that is nurtured on socialism in believing that socialism is the only correct form of governance for the Muslim world and the Arab world today then of course you will have results like the war in 1967 where people will leave the city and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that inna Allah lam yaku mughayyiran ni'matan an'amaha ala qawmin hatta yughayyiru ma bi'anfusim that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not change a favor which he has given people until they change this themselves. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises those who have strong faith, strong iman, and do good actions, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shall establish their authority on the earth. Of course, the establishing of their authority is not the goal of Islam. The goal of Islam is not to have global dominance as the neocons in America today would want us to believe as George Bush and others would, uh, George Bush, when he was president, said that they want to establish a global khilafah and have global dominance. No, the purpose of Islam is to establish or to realize our ubudiyah to Allah, our servitude to Allah. And a part of that servitude to Allah is preservation of many things. For instance, in the Ottoman period, there was a time when they knew the use of crude oil. They knew the use of crude oil, that crude oil could be used for numerous things. The scholars in that time gave a fatwa that you cannot use crude oil because by burning crude oil you harm the, the, air, that, the air that we breathe, the environment around us. So one of the, the tasks of the Khalifa when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inni ja'ilun fil ardi khalifa, that I will make on the earth a khalifa, one of the meanings of khalifa is a person who preserves the earth, preserves the environment. Otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Zahar al fasadu, that fasad appears, where fasad meaning corruption appears. On what? On earth and on the sea. With what? With that which the hands of people 
have earned, meaning what they have done with their own hands. So one of the means of Khalifa or Khilafa was to preserve the earth, not this distorted version of Khilafa, NATO funded version of Khilafa that we have which is known as ISIS. Of course we know in the prior, prior to World War Two, uh, prior to World War One, Britain was making warships for the Ottomans. They made one called uh, Osman the Great uh, or Osman the First. One warship. Later on, uh, around 1914, Churchill did not give those warships to the Ottomans. Because in World War One, Britain was against the Ottomans. The Ottomans at that time did not have enough equipment to make even proper docks, meaning they were not able to dock the warships on the shores of Istanbul, meaning lack of preparation. But if you recite Surah Tawbah, you will know Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala tells us to prepare. So of course, that preparation is the task of whom? The task of the leaders. That the leaders should prepare themselves. Meaning, prepare themselves against any aggression. Like the type of aggression that we are witnessing today. So, Britain today has supplied Saudi Arabia with 4.6 billion worth of arms. 4.6 billion worth of arms which were sold to Saudi Arabia at the inception at the start of the war with Yemen. 4.6 billion. Those weapons were made here. Muslim money which is from Muslim uh, natural resources, meaning the wealth of Saudi Arabia is made from Muslim resources. We know in Islamic Sharia, in Islamic law, what makes a distinction between socialism and Islam? What makes the distinction between socialism and Islam is that in socialism they take the natural resources for the state and the state then supplies everyone else as well as personal wealth. But in Sharia, personal wealth is kept with the individual with the exception of zakat and other forms of taking money from the rich and giving that wealth to the poor. But natural resources are only distributed, what we would say nationalized. Natural resources are nationalized. So the, the oil that is found in Saudi Arabia today, of course, is not nationalized. But the wealth made from that oil, with that wealth, 4.6 billion dollars or pounds worth of uh, pounds were given to the UK government for arms. Those arms were then used on the Yemeni people and we know 7 million of the Yemenis are dependent upon aid, food aid. Likewise, they say in Yemen now, every 10 minutes a child dies, currently speaking. 7 million is one-fourth of the population. Likewise, in the Syrian war, where did all the weapons come from? We know the Russians are supplying Bashar al-Assad, but where were the weapons coming in into Syria for ISIS? Where did ISIS attain? So, where did they buy all these weapons from? 
And where did they, we knew they were raiding banks and taking the wealth from banks and buying things, but where were they buying their armaments, their, their guns and everything? The same with the rebels. So this uh, game that is being played, the current game that we are observing, previously, prior to the dismantling of the Ottoman Khilafah, there was a great game between Russia and Europe. America also had its hand up in that great game at that time. What we are observing now is another game. The game is still being played. That Muslim countries are being destroyed from within. Syria was one of the countries that objected to Israel's illegal taking of the Golan Heights. Illegal occupation of the Golan Heights. Julan. The Golan Heights will not belong to Syria. But now the Syrian army has been weakened. Syria as a country has been decimated. Cities have been destroyed. Eight million people have been displaced internally. One million people have migrated and left uh, Syria. Why would a country like Germany accept with open arms Syrian immigrants? This is only done in order that Syria is emptied of Syrians. <coughs> Germany is the country, really, that should have been carved up and Israel should have been formed in Germany because Germany was responsible for the Holocaust, Germany was responsible for the killing of Jews, therefore Israel should have been established in Europe. Otherwise, why is Israel today the only country that is in the Middle East geographically, but yet they take part in the Euro Sun Contest? You have a Euro Sun Contest, and Israel takes part in the Eurosum contest. So Israel is a country that should be re-established in Germany because Germany was responsible for the killing of those Jews, not the Muslim world, not the Palestinians. So of course, the solution to this problem is taqtid, planning, that Muslims need to plan. And remember, I asked many times, I asked so many Muslims, do emotions control rational thought or does rational thought control emotions? So many people say to me, emotions should control rational thought. This is incorrect. We must be cerebral, cerebral rational, intellectual in our planning. And then with that planning, we should go ahead. Of course, the emotions are controlled with our rational thought. So this planning of uh, retaking Al-Aqsa Al-Sharif, Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa is what? Firstly, is a unification of the Muslim world. A reunification of the Muslim world. How can this be achieved? This can be achieved when the objective is one. And the objective is what? to restore the custodianship of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to a Muslim authority. But how do we do this? Is by spreading this way of thinking amongst people. Meaning some people say, what will, um, what will holding conferences like this achieve? What will uh, condemning things do? I said, uh, the first step is, is uh, making people realize the importance of this. Issue. Otherwise, they will remain indifferent. They will remain with apathy, meaning indifferent to things. The first step 
is to make people realize the importance of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa. The first step is to make people realize the importance of restoring Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa to Muslim custodianship. Otherwise, we will remain under the Sunnatullahi Fikon, the divine law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the universe, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not change the situation of a people until they change themselves. What did the Syrian revolution show us? The Syrian revolution showed that there was potential in the Muslim world, potential within Syria alone to free Palestine. All those thousands of people, hundreds and thousands of people who were martyred and the passion that they had, that passion was misguided misdirected there was no planning those who led the Syrian revolution did not plan it was misdirected that potential that Syria had Syria was the country that had the potential to free Palestine and those foreign fighters that entered Syria with a sincere objective they were also misguided in that objective misguided without a plan but now Muslim leadership must think not with emotions and passions, meaning firing up crowds is not our objective. Having people uh, wounded in the head, having head wounds and having limbs amputated and being tortured, uh, what does this achieve except for the, the, those who are not a part of those protests, meaning people from other countries encouraging people within those countries to protest? No. What we want is an intellectual uh, revival of what should be done, meaning an intellectual uh, awakening. This is the main objective of holding this conference, is to make young people think. Now, some people may say this is, sounds uh, passive. An intellectual awakening sounds passive. The answer is it is not passive. It is the most dangerous thing to the Israelis. It is the most dangerous thing to the Zionists, that until there is not an intellectual and spiritual awakening in the Muslim world, we will not retake Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa and we will not remove oppressive leaders until there is not an intellectual and a spiritual awakening. Now, how do we achieve the spiritual and intellectual awakening? This is, of course, we can use cliches and say it's by returning back to Al-Quran Al-Kareem and the Sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But the intellectual and spiritual awakening is achieved firstly through education and secondly through uh, the spiritual awakening is achieved through dua, supplication to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There are some Muslims today that when we have a political problem, if we give this solution that you must supplicate to Allah, there are some people who think this will never achieve a thing. Meaning, if they do not say this explicitly with their tongues, their mannerisms will say this. Meaning, if we held a congregation on the 25th of December for a dua, a supplication for Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, where thousands of Muslims congregate in order to supplicate for the restoration of, of Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, for the custodianship being restored back to Muslims and 
we supplicate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he changes our spiritual states. We do not believe this is ineffective. No, this will be very effective. So these are the types of things that we are calling to. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to continue this endeavor and inshallah we will continue this endeavor. Inshallah you will be hearing, Allah willing, you will be hearing a further actions being taken uh, uh, by ourselves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to do so and make us sincere in this cause. Subhanallah.